Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. All right, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about radiation. And I think this is going to be interesting for a couple of different reasons. One is that per usual, you and I did not do the same things. So Right. Yeah, no, we did very different things, but we both kind of like had our reasons and came to it in different ways. So I think it's I think right. it'll be a great story to share. I think that's why I think that's why we work is that you and I are friends who look at things differently and I think that's what makes us interesting. Yeah, we have good discussions. We do have good discussions. <laughs> that's why this podcast started. That's right. <laughs> right. That way you guys you get two different looks at the same subject, mm-hmm. right? Yep. All right, so today we're going to be talking about what the data says regarding radiation, what we each chose when it came to having it and considerations and side effects so that you can make the right decision for you. Right. But before we do that, let's hear from our first sponsor. Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at paxmanscalpcooling.com. That's paxmanscalpcooling.com. All right, we are back. So before we talk about our own experiences, we're going to talk about the difference between a local and a distant recurrence. And then what those recurrence rates are for women who do and don't have radiation. There's a lot, a lot That's going a lot. on there. That, that I know, a yeah. lot going on there. So a local recurrence might be something where your tumor or cancer cells stay in the area of the chest mm-hmm. or like regionally close to the chest. And a distant recurrence is when cancer cells show up somewhere else in your body, somewhere yep. more distant. Like, yep. I don't know, your big toe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So for women who have lumpectomy and radiation, the chance of a local recurrence in five years is about 4%, depending on their tumor. And when lymph nodes contain cancer, the chance of a local recurrence in five years following a mastectomy without radiation is about 23%. And if you get radiation, then it reduces that risk to about 6%. So numbers don't really lie. That risk is definitely still there. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So we'll talk about what we did and our experiences with radiation. But before we do that, do you want to do some boobs in the news? Always. (laughs) Okay, let's do that first. (laughs) Okay. So boobs in the news is a fun segment where we read funny tweets from real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Okay. So this first tweet is from Unfiltered Mama. And she says, quote, my son gagging on the air, trying to do distance learning PE class 
in the next room where his sister is having her diaper changed is the funniest thing I'll see all week. <laughs> Poor lady. She needs to see some more funny things. Do you, I know. she's She needs to get out. Yes. Let's, let's get unfiltered mama out of the house. Yes. <laughs> I will say, though, when you have those infant diapers, woo, woo. gross. So gross. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is by, this tweet is, this one says, and she said, quote, I overheard my seven-year-old daughter say, that doesn't go there to my husband while loading the dishwasher. I've never been more proud. <laughs> oh, jeez. Are you are you a, the dishes go in the exact place that they go in a dishwasher kind of person? No, my husband's that guy. I mean, when he does the dishes, that they are in each slot perfectly, mm-hmm. and they all get beautiful, and I throw them in all, you know, Willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. <laughs> and I actually did that this morning, and I could see my husband watching me do that, and I could just see his eyes getting wider and wider. Like, <laughs> his insides were tightening. Oh, I, I could tell it was irritating him so bad, but to his credit, he did not say a word. He let me load it my way, and I started it, and, and you know, it was that's why we're still married. You know what, though? You left the room, and he went over there, and he redid it. <laughs> you know what? He doesn't care that much. Let's oh, okay. just say that. He does not care that much, people. A clean dish is a done dish. That's right. All right. This last tweet is from Real Life Mommy. And she says, quote, parenting is a lot of shouting things like, if you get yourself stuck in a box, you are not allowed to move until I get a picture. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's true. I take pictures of my kids doing weird, gross, funny things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's our boobs in the news for today. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. All right, so let's we're going to talk about why we chose what we did. So, I I chose to have radiation, but you ch- you opted not to. Can you kind of share your story? Yeah. yeah, I can do that. So, when I first saw my radiation oncologist, he was super on the fence about whether I should be recommended radiation. So, there's a few qualifiers I guess that they go through that they look through whenever they are trying to decide if you should get radiation. And some of the qualifiers are close margins. And cancer cells in lymph spaces, or what What do you call them? It's lymphovascular invasion. Lymphovascular invasions. Like what, how it was described to me was the channels on the way to the lymph nodes. I did have that, and I did have a relatively close margin, but it wasn't enough for him to say you definitively need radiation right away. So, of course, we went through all the, you know, if you get radiation, here's what it could cause. Like, it's right over your heart. And it could cause, like, the big one that the one that I heard and stuck in my mind was the big one that could could cause problems with your implant and you could have to go back mm-hmm. on having your reconstruction. For me, that was kind of a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so he said, ultimately, at the end of my appointment, he had said, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consult with some of my colleagues and then I'll let you know. A few days later, maybe a week later, he called me and he said, you know, my con- consulting with my colleagues, you kind of fall in that in between. And so they recommend and I agree that it should be up to you whether you get radiation or not. So, of course, you know, <laughs> my implants are at risk. So I said, no, I'm going to I'm going to pass. And then I remember just like a month later seeing my medical oncologist and he called me into his office, um, didn't have an appointment with him or anything. And he had changed his tune and he said, you know, I really do actually recommend that you have radiation and you get it. I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that were close with your tumor. And, you know, if you were my wife, I would recommend it. And I just remember thinking like, well, 
I've already made up my mind. I've already decided I'm not having this and I, think I didn't want to risk my implant. Yeah. And let's just inter- – I wanted to interject here too about how the plans tend to change mm-hmm. a lot when you get cancer treatment. So you have in your mind one way and then it oftentimes goes a different route and it's it can be really stressful. So I, I was similar in the fact – when I said I wanted to have a double mastectomy – they made it sound as though if I did that, I got to avoid radiation, which mm, played a part mm-hmm. in my decision making. Um, mm-hmm. And then later it was the same Ugh, thing. We yeah. really think you should do this anyway. Yeah. And so if you have in your mind that it's going to go one way and then they come back later and say we've changed our mind, which happens a lot. A lot. Yeah. We talked about that in the ups and downs of treatment. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK. So he came back and said, we think that, you know, mm-hmm. now you should. This is a month later. And mm-hmm. you were just like, nope, decisions no. made. Yeah, I kind of felt confident in my decision and still nothing had changed about all the factors that he had presented sure. to me and and about, you know, if he was so on the fence before and all of his colleagues were on the fence, you know, why why now? Because I think change? that these doctors are literally saying, what, how we're do just we, going to try everything. We're going to try everything. Yeah. We're going to keep this person alive. Yep. Our best way to do that is to throw everything at them. Yep. I think that's the protocol. And for me, what what won in that situation was my quality of life. I knew that I wasn't willing to risk some of the things that I would potentially be risking. And again, it was a potential risk, like potentially it would affect my implant, potentially it would affect my heart and and it would just be a pain because there's lots your, of appointments. Was and, your was your tumor over your heart? Yes. Yes, yeah. that was mine. Yeah. So it it just it all added up to me being confident in my decision to just say no thank you. Sure. Yeah. What about you? So I did the opposite. I ended up doing radiation. I I think I spoke about it in a previous episode that I was a little bit hesitant at first. I was I was I I questioned the radiation oncology nurse like why would I proactively radiate myself when a local recurrence in my chest is different than a distant recurrence, you know, elsewhere in my body. And that's when she shared with me the statistic that, you know, I had a 23% chance of it coming back if I chose not to have radiation mm-hmm. and that if it did come back it would likely be incurable and incredibly aggressive. And Mm so that combined with the fact that I had bad margins, they did not get enough margin around a tumor in my chest wall, which meant that there were potentially, again, there's that (laughs) word, potentially, cancer cells left behind in the chest wall. My age made me at higher risk for recurrence and death. And then also I had lymphovascular invasion, which is where those cancer cells break into the lymph on the way to the lymph nodes. Unlike you, though, where you had no lymph node involvement, mm-hmm. I had one that was impacted. Yeah. So all three of these reasons are why I opted to go ahead with radiation at the end of the day. I was concerned about damage to my heart and my lungs. And I recall my husband asking the radiation oncologist about what the chance was for some damage, long-term damage, which he couldn't really answer. And I thought that was interesting. I think that for a lot of times that they don't know because there's a lot of factors at play. Different patients have, you know, if you have a patient who has other comorbidities, if they're morbidly obese, if they have, you know, poor diet, if they have other, you know, diabetes, those are all going to play into, you know, potentially heart disease down the road. So mm-hmm. was it the radiation or was it these other factors? Right. And so I think that, you know, that was a little bit of an unknown for us. I will say that prior to me starting radiation, they did do a baseline on my lung capacity, which I thought was really interesting. And they didn't really explain why. I, I can only assume it's because they wanted to study whether or not radiation had an impact on my lungs after treatment. Do they 
follow up with that after you were done? I, I haven't had any follow up on that to date, to be honest with you. I'm not having any issues with my respiratory system at this point. So mm-hmm. I would probably not be jumping through hoops to go back in and have that measure. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but no, they haven't yet. And so I think that it's one of those things where unless you develop symptoms, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to just move on. I will say that I tried to find some research around how many people actually develop heart disease. Mm-hmm. And most of the data I looked at suggested that they think the risk is around 1%. Yeah. So, so it doesn't seem to be crazy. incredibly easy or, you know, likely. I will say, too, that when I went through radiation, they had me hold my breath and it's called respiratory gating. And basically, it's a method of changing the shape of the chest in order to minimize exposure to the heart during mm-hmm. radiation. So respiratory gating and breath hold radiation therapy is just a technique where the patient takes a large breath of air and holds it while the radiation beam is directed at the breast. So you have to do that every time that they're directing that beam for like 20 to 30 seconds. Did you have, because you were saying they're directing the beam at your breast, do you have radiation before or after surgery? I had it after surgery. After surgery. Okay, because mm-hmm. close margins. Okay, and, got and it. Different people I just do, make- and that's the other thing. People do things in different order. You know, mm-hmm. some people will have chemo first, then surgery. Mm-hmm. And I had surgery first, then chemo, then radiation. Yeah, the same. Yeah. So I did find a 2016 study that showed that deep inspiration breath holding technique reduced the amount of radiation that the heart received, the mean heart dose, by about 50 to 60% relative to the heart dose of radiation in people who breathe normally or spontaneously Mm. throughout the session. So it seems as though they kind of take some steps to try to minimize that risk. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, I think we don't know, right? Right. We don't know until years later, potentially what that risk could be. And at the time that I was getting radiation, I didn't know about lymphedema, so I didn't ask about it. Mm -hmm. But we've talked about that in a previous episode that, that, you know, sometimes you're at risk for lymphedema. And for me in particular, because I had lymph nodes removed and then radiation, I ended up with like a 50% chance of developing it, which I did. Yeah. Um, and there are long-term consequences. It's not curable. Yeah. So these are things that, you know, I would suggest you bring up to your radiation oncologist, you know, when you're trying to make your decision. Big, I mean, big quality of life kind of topics whenever it comes to the choice of radiation. And they do paint it in a pretty... I feel like in a pretty, it's 10 minutes a day and, you know, it's quick and easy very in and targeted. out, like very targeted. And, and, and me personally, I know on the internet, if you look up radiation burns, it's like, whoa, <gasps> oh, it's so scary. <laughs> yeah. It's so scary. But for me, and I'm very, very fair, but, you know, after I went, I don't even know how many weeks I went, mm-hmm. but I, my skin was, it was like a light sunburn mm-hmm. and I put lotion on it, but yeah. I didn't have long-term discoloration yeah. or any kind of long-term side effects. And yeah. I did have reconstruction after radiation. I was concerned about the impact radiation would have on that side. My incision from my reconstruction did open mm-hmm. on the side that had radiation, which I spoke about in a previous episode. For a moment, I thought they were going to have to start the reconstruction process all over. They did not end up having to do that. Mm-hmm. They just went in and reduced the size of the implant slightly and then closed it up and it's been fine since. Yeah. But that tissue is very sensitive and it is difficult for them to stitch you up sometimes. So yeah, because it, it tightens down everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there can be, you know, what do they call it? Uh, contracture. Contracture. And we've had mentees. <laughs> I can't remember some people's names. I can remember words oh, like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like once you've been through cancer treatment, <laughs> you know all the lingo, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it is something to think about. You know, you may have complications with your reconstruction. And, and so these are all just things that we want you guys to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Before we kind of close out the episode, do, do you have anything else you wanted to share? No, I don't. Okay. Let's, let's, before we close out the episode, let's hear from our second sponsor. SSM Health is a proud sponsor of the Besties with Breasties podcast. 
One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer during their lifetime. Early detection is key and keeping up to date on yearly mammograms could be life-saving. At SSM Health, we offer patients in the St. Louis area online scheduling for mammograms, including next day appointments. Visit ssmhealth.com slash schedule mam to make your appointment now. All right, and we are back. So I hope you guys took some golden nuggets from today that help you in making any decisions that you might have around radiation and just empower you to be able to come to the whatever decision suits you best. Right. So next time we're talking about being done with treatment. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> You've made it through surgery, chemo, and radiation. Now you're done. Not so fast. Oh, <laughs> next time we're going to be discussing long-term drug therapy for those of you with hormone-positive breast cancer and what you can expect. Until next time, guys. See ya. Bye.